Do one more thing. Boom. Th- oh. That's what everyone listens to <laughs> right there, right? It's amazing that uh, card table technology has not really advanced in the last 50 years. This card table probably is about 20 years old. (laughs) (laughs) You know, card tables are one of those things you just, if you can store them somewhere, you just keep (laughs) them. Because you never know when you're going to have that garage sale, need to set some stuff on it. And now with kids, you never know if they're going to be doing something at their school where you got to bring a quick table to pop up, you know? Oh, yeah. So this table has been dusted off, hidden away, scratched, scuffed, dropped about a million times. Wow. Um, So they may have made some improvements, but this guy is old. Yeah. Uh, but it is now uh, serving double duty as a podcasting table. It's <laughs> impressive. It's <laughs> impressive. I'm impressed with your recycling and reusing Ed, policy here. Only the best for <laughs> Am I Making Sense? I, Let me tell you. I ya. would hope so. <laughs> Inside of a, a garage, an uninsulated garage, freezing our <laughs> took us off with uh, some weird uh, back wall here, wooden wall. Uh, not just wooden, but wooden paneling. This is paneling. This is circa 73, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah. Um, this would have probably came off of the set of the sev- that 70s show. Uh, oh, that's um, true. I forgot they had that on there. Yeah. But anyway, thank you. Well, th- thank you for having me. Yeah. I'm excited to be here. I am a listener, so. Nice. <laughs> a listener. <laughs> that's always good. I, I just joke around because I don't know. I, I can't really determine the stats by looking at my Squarespace page. And there's some other stuff I've set up. I mean, you're an Internet guy. You probably understand how some of it works. But I set some stuff up to monitor the RSS feed, and it's like nothing's coming in. So I'm assuming I set it up wrong. But I don't really care. All right. The point is is that I'm hanging out with my friends. Okay. We're talking comedy. We're right. staying focused, and hopefully we're having a good time. So that's why I podcast It always right now. sounds like you're having a good time on your podcast. So nice. I yeah. am. Mm-hmm. I am. So what is it for you? How, many, how long have you been doing comedy now? Uh, so I went back and looked to see when my first open mic was, and it was October 4th, uh, 2017. So just a little over two years. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot of gray hair <laughs> in those two well years. <laughs> I think a lot of p- stuff has put the gray hair on me, oh, especially age and yeah. So, yeah. but you know, you can't complain about gray hair too much because the other alternative is no hair. So no I'll hair take or death. <laughs> that's true. So but then there's no complaining about that, right? Uh, that's true. Yeah. Then you go on to your final reward, and gray yeah. hair is probably not even something that you're thinking it's about. Not yeah, it's not something you care about. It's not you know. Yeah. I guess I could color it, but I'm just not into that. No, me neither. <laughs> I'm going to just accept it. Whatever happens, happens. As you are blessed with lots and lots of hair. Yeah. That is not gray. Yeah. No, I got them off top. No, I, I have gray hair. It's just, here's the trick. And my wife has always teased me about this, is I'm a I'm an oily person by nature. My uh, hands okay, get yeah. oily. My face gets oily. and That means you have oily hair. Uh, I have gray hair, but with all the grease, it mm-hmm. looks dark. Oh, okay. But it's just a fake out. Yeah. Greasy hair yeah. covers the grayness. But I do have gray hair. And it's it's all age. People will tell you one thing or another. But I will say this. After having my first daughter in 2010, I don't remember gray hair. And then it was like literally within months, I go, hey, that's gray hair, that's gray <laughs> hair. And it just started popping up left and right. And then the second daughter came. And so I am fairly gray now. But uh, the grease just, yeah. just kind of yeah. covers things up. You were lucky about that. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. I was. So, yeah, I would have liked to have done more of a comedy run with you tonight. But I realized tomorrow's going to be a late night uh, because I'm going to co-host over at 
off the hook. Oh, yeah. And so I said, oh, you know, I should probably, and I had today off. I was fortunate, uh, very lucky to have Martin Luther King Jr. day off. Right, um, right. But that means I'm going to be busy, pretty busy tomorrow, so i got to get an early start and everything. So I'm just going to do Woodhams tonight. All right. What did you All have right. planned? Uh, doing Woodhams and then Lily Max. Okay, nice. Yeah. I see, yeah. Lily Max I get out of sync with. So is it an open mic night tonight? Yes. I th- I don't remember you know there's a part showcase and part open mic or just it's open mic. One of those. Maybe. Maybe I will have to go to that. It should be good. It I don't know. Good. Who's hosting? Uh, Coral. Coral? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely probably get out. I, I'll think about it. All right. I'll think about it. All right. Sounds so I just good. saw a post right as you came into the house. I don't know if you got word of this yet. I don't know if you're an Instagram guy. But Joe Bagley just did a post. Evidently, he put some of his comedy up on his YouTube page, and it went viral. Oh, wow. That's exciting for him. Yeah. He's at 4 million views. Wow. Yeah, which is – that's a big deal for one clip. That is huge. Unless you have a lot of subscribers. So hold on. Actually, I think I might be able to play the audio here. Oh, did he get up at the punchline, or is that some uh, different video? No, this is something else. Oh, shoot. Hold on. Joe Bagley. Bop. He put it in his normal thing. Always wanted to cuddle, and I'm down to cuddle, all right? But I'm a firm member of LSG. Little spoon gang until the day I f- die. <laughs> I never heard that life. I think I have. I think I have. But I, I like I to be held. I like to feel secure like a little baby boy, you know? It's good. But she always wanted me to be big spoon, you know, be the man of the relationship. And it was f***ing bullshit. Because here's what happens when you're the big spoon, I like right? That I it. Your arm falls asleep, <laughs> and you never do. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Good old Bagley. He's yep. going places. Shout out to Joe. Shout out to Joe. Yeah, I'm trying to get him back on the podcast too. Oh well, now I think that it's he's only been now he's in demand. Now so. he's in demand. Yeah. Uh, well, no, it was already kind of that way because you know he's doing he's opening for over at Improv and oh yeah, no, doing stuff doing like that. So um. I think this podcast is probably more of a nuisance to him than something that's fun. I don't know. I'm sh- yeah. I'm sure he'd be happy to do it. Yeah. No, he says he does, but then, you know, I just got to keep following up to see if we can uh, get a time. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. So how you been with, with uh, o- going to open mics? You been going regularly? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure my wife would probably say I've been going too, too much. much. Yes. <laughs> and I would say, well, you know, it's just yeah. something I got to do. The more you go, the better. Yeah. The better, hopefully, you get. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I've been going to, let's see, I usually do two or three on Monday. Uh, I've started going, it almost seems like I've started to go to two on Tuesdays and then uh, try to do the two on Wednesdays. That's, so. a, that's a good rhythm right there. Yeah, although it's funny because every time it comes back to the beginning of the week, you feel like, oh, how do I do this? You know, and Oh, like that's so true. Yeah. I didn't write anything down today. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I mean, I'll just do what I, I'll do what I always do when I'm unprepared. I'll just go to the previous set I did yeah. Wednesday yeah. of last week. But I feel like I'm cheating. You know, I should at least even if I say word for word, the same thing I said Wednesday, I should have written it out on something oh, to yeah. be like, this is my game plan. Otherwise, I go up and I feel like, what am I going to be doing? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's only five minutes, but still you tell yourself, oh, you should have been prepared. This is what you're supposed to be doing. I, s- I see a lot of people do the same stuff every week. I mean, I take yeah. a lot of crap for me doing the same stuff all yeah. the time, but, you know, you do get better and you come up with stuff. And 
don't well, know. I think, yeah, I think it's probably each individual has their own process, but I see a lot of value in trying to do your same jokes almost verbatim. Yeah. Because it's, I would argue, you could look at it like a song. You don't want to play a song differently. I mean, if you do play it differently, you want to make sure that you've played, you've done some rehearsal on the way you're doing it differently so that you know the right. rhythm yeah. and, the, and yeah. the changes and stuff like that. <laughs> um, so if anything, I'm probably the other way. I probably feel like I should be sticking to a similar same structure of the joke more than I do because I get loosey-goosey. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's hard it, because you should be loose, right? I mean, being loose is part of the one of the keys, I think. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's probably a little bit of this, a little bit of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I my big problem is trying to remember all the trying to remember what jokes I have. Yeah. You know, I yeah, I always feel, you know, I'm sitting there searching my mind to try and remember and I've got my little piece of paper with all my, you know, the list, but yeah. I hate to go look at it, but sometimes you're like, "Oh." And I've had times where I'm like, oh, I can't believe I forgot to tell that joke. Oh, that <laughs> happens to me all the time. Yeah. No, I'll literally, so I videotape myself now. I will uh, think that I said something. Yeah. And then the next day, look at the thing. I, I didn't say what I wanted to say. <laughs> it wasn't even in there. I, uh, I, I, uh, so I did Roosters. Okay. The showcase last, yeah. last Wednesday. I must have watched the th- video four or five times before I realized that I like uh, that I left out one of my best lines for one of my jokes, oh and no. I'm like, I can't believe I didn't notice until now. Oh after no. watching the video four or five times, I'm like, oh, I didn't say that line. I can't believe I didn't yeah. say that line. So yeah, these things happen. I know. You're just like, okay, you know. And then there's the other. There's the flip of that, where sometimes I'll be watching it and go, I didn't remember that I said that. Yeah. But I kind of like that. Right. There was a couple things in the last two weeks that I said on uh, on the open mic that I went back and I go, that's not how I wrote it, but I like it way better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hopefully the audience, you know, and you get a sense of how the audience felt about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it was way better the way it, uh, the diarrhea just flowed out of my mouth on stage. Yeah. It was way better that way than the way I wrote it, which is, I think, one of the beauties of what we're trying to do here. Is that um, sometimes unsuspecting un? No, that's not the word I want to use. Sometimes things are coming from areas where you didn't expect it to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it still comes out, and it's like, oh wait, that was pretty fun that way. Yeah. And people responded better that way. That's not what I intended to do, but we'll keep it because <laughs> it just <laughs> happened. You know, in the moment, and you don't know what that that causes that, you know? Right, yeah. It's just your imagination, maybe you're feeling some energy in the room, maybe, I I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah, that's a great feeling. Yeah, when it it just comes off the top of your head is an amazing feeling sometimes. Or you remember it a different way, that you think you did it the way you wrote it, and then you go back and you listen, well, that's not the way I wrote it, but people liked it, so I'm keeping it. Yeah, and you're so happy that you recorded it because I hate when you go, oh, yeah. oh, I wish I'd recorded that or I wish I'd videoed that. I'm very disciplined about that now. Yeah. Because there's been multiple times where something went well and I go, how, wait, how, how did I say it exactly how I wrote it? And <laughs> I can't, I'll never know. Yeah. Because I didn't put down my recorder, I didn't put up my video, uh, my camera, whatever. And so, um, yeah, no, now I'm pretty, uh, pretty disciplined about that. 
Yeah, that's good. I'm I'm pretty good about recording. I'm not so good about listening back, and I'm really not good about evaluating on the listening back. I don't yeah. know how you are. I write down some notes, but I don't know if it's an effective evaluation. Oh, okay. You know, because I write it down, I'll say something like, ooh, long pause on whatever bit. Yeah. and Or I'll say something like, I'll notice mannerisms on stage, mm-hmm. like that, like th- like what I just did. I, yeah. I got all the weird hand things that I'm I'm doing on, and I go, now was that, was that necessary? Why am I doing that? And yeah. then I'll just write a question mark. So uh, I don't know if that's an evaluation. Yeah, that's an evaluation. Yeah, I think it's it's both you things that drive you crazy or you think you're yeah. good when you're watching yourself, but it's also you know, monitoring the audience reactions to things. And oh like well, that. here's a problem. Recording this way, even with that camera, yeah, it really doesn't capture audience reaction. But like you if get you, the re- you remember faces laughing, but then you look at the video and go, "There's no laughs there." So what? What the hell happened? That's oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it d- it's definitely helps to have the the laughter. Yeah, <laughs> that'll help you understand where like a yeah what's happening. Yeah. So, but well, how do you remember things in outside of comedy? Do you have any tips? Oh, how do I remember? Um, well, I've Is started it repetition, or yeah, it's repetition. And in fact, I've found like even you know even at my job that if I if I only do a certain thing like every four months, I, it's like relearning it each time you do it. Whereas oh yeah, if I'm it's something you do, you know, continuously, um, uh, then you get pretty good at it, or you know, then it's it's you know memorized yeah i think um a lot of it is like i think i try and apply it i try and apply it more <laughs> to my job nowadays but trying to make sure i understand stuff yeah and then i think that's the same you know in a lot of ways that's the same for jokes it's like on my list i just have the like a you know the name of the joke or whatever but oh. But, you know, I understand enough about how the joke is put together that I can usually get the words out right. And so that helps me remember it. Okay. So I probably should do it where a lot of people, you know, like a lot of people where they look in the mirror and they do the joke over and over in front of the mirror. But I never do that. But that's my, yeah, my jokes are pretty relatively short or, you know, they're not that long. So I, I mean, my, you know, I've got several flaws. One of them is not doing nearly enough writing so well i wonder i've never looked in the mirror either um i wonder if just the only thing i've ever really done and this was early this was probably in the first month is on my commute i would try and remember my jokes and i would say them to myself yeah but i I wasn't look i was obviously i was watching the road but i'd i'd be it just uh but i felt like i i felt I don't know why I stopped doing that. Probably I didn't feel it was that helpful for where I was trying to go. But then on top of it, it felt a little, um, I don't know, like I was trying to be robotic there. Oh, yeah. But I'm sure there's tons of comedians who probably rehearsed in a mirror their jokes thousands of times. And it's beneficial. I bet you. Yeah. Yeah. I I would assume so. I don't know. I don't know what the. Here's something sick I've tried. Yeah. Uh, On the recordings i've made of myself i've actually written out word for word what i said oh i know some people do that i know some people do that and the reason i did that is to catch the 
um, like uh, these things you do in speech. Right, right. That are fillers that you probably don't need in a comedy act. Other yeah. than to make you look more human. <laughs> right? But right, yeah. It should be, even if you're doing that, there should probably be some thought behind you just pausing and going, um, rather than doing it because you're nervous or you forgot what you wanted to say. Right. And right. so if you actually write it down, you say in this middle of the joke, you're okay, going fine, you're writing work for work, and then there's a um, you write down um, <laughs> and then you realize uh, that's not, I don't know, I guess you realize that that just is something that is not going to help that joke. Yeah, yeah. Unless it was really purposeful, like you meant to put it there to do something. Right. Yeah, like I, instead of doing the ums to be the purposeful delay, I like will look around and. I like, like doing that. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's also goofy. Yeah, yeah. it's goofy. Yeah. You Depending on how you look yeah. around, you people yeah. will be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, this dude's kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Twitchy. So, but yeah, I've, I've learned to try and avoid the ums and the. I think so. It's probably best. Yeah. It's probably best for delivering your message. Right. Right. I had Iman on um, two weeks back, and he was talking about an interview he watched back when George Carlin was alive. And George Carlin had said, I, at some point in my career, I realized I wasn't a performer who writes jokes. I was a writer who performs. Oh, okay. And so he was one of these guys, the rumor mill has it, that he would write his entire act, whatever it was, an hour, two hours, write it out like longhand, just write out word for word what he wants to do and then look in a mirror and read it to memorize it oh. and just go out and boom, be good and kill. Yeah, yeah. Which is, that's kind of crazy, <laughs> right? <laughs> it it helps that that was his job, right? Where he didn't yeah. have any other responsibilities like we do. I mean, um, but yeah, no, it's crazy. That he could write that much. I know. You know. An hour's worth of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And just remember it. Actually, more. I think most of his specials were around an hour and a half. Towards the end, there. The I don't. I yeah, watching. but then on on those types of specials, I don't know if he has any, you know, teleprompters or anything that are helping him out. At That's all. Good point. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. So, yeah. And you also wonder how much he had to work it out before it was a special, because now you know comics would say, "Oh, I've been working on this special for two years, three years, five years, whatever." Yeah, I don't I don't remember. I mean, I was sort of Carlin was old enough that he was already been around a long long time when oh I was yeah. growing up. Um, you know, the fresh guy for me was Steve Martin, right? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, which was a I've huge read his book. <laughs> yeah. Born Standing Up. Yeah, I've forgotten most of the stuff in that book, so I have to yeah. reread it. Um I do remember one thing he said and that was at some point in his career he stopped writing jokes. Oh, because he said, I just got a sense for what would hit with the crowd. And he was so much, there was so much physicality behind his humor uh -huh. that how do you write that? <laughs> <laughs> how do you write whatever moves is coming next? Right. So, yeah. so he would just know that I'm about to say this. I mean, he had crazy stuff. He literally went on the late show and just cracked eggs on his head at one point. <laughs> he just did insane things. So, uh, I can understand him saying I don't I don't need to write because probably eighty percent of the laughs he got was um, from whatever physical thing yeah, he was doing on yeah, stage. Yeah, like the 
arrow through the head and all that sort yep. of stuff. Playing yeah. the banjo, playing yeah. the guitar, King Tut. Yeah, exactly. All of that stuff. So, um, But one thing I w- about his book that is very interesting is he talks about it ultimately it was longer than 10 years but he kind of talks about when he first initially um started performing stand up uh with haste i guess as you could say his full time job yeah to the point where he was selling out stadiums was a decade wow which seems really short by today's standards because for someone to get to stadium level in this day and age, you know, like, okay, who, who do we have doing stadiums right now? You got Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. He's been doing it since the mid to early 90s, I think. So that's 30 wow. years. Wow. Has he been around that long? I think so. You got yeah. Joe Coy. He's yeah. now doing stadiums, and he's probably been at it since at least late 90s. Um, and early 2000s, it would have <laughs> been 20 years, right? Yeah. So it seems like to get to stadium level – now people can't do that in a 10-year journey that would seem hasty yeah i don't know i don't know i don't know i'm always reminded of steve martin used to have this joke about you know he's doing calculations Mm. you know he's like oh if i sell it you know if i you know sell tickets for five dollars a piece in a 200 seat theater you know i have to work this many years if i Oh, but yeah. if I have an entire oh. arena and I could charge a million dollars, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a one show, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that is true. Sorry yeah. about that. I think that was my. Uh, oh, th- yeah. The previous sound was. I I know my phone made some t- noises no, too. No, that was fed right into our headset there. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's um, all right. Yeah, he had a lot of funny stuff. That yeah. guy was great. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to also think. Uh, I I don't think Rodney Dangerfield ever did stadiums but he was a guy who was at it for a long time literally took a decade off and then came back and still was hammering but i i don't know he got very popular and was on all the late night shows and was in movies but i don't know that he was ever filling stadiums out but i'm sure he could sell tickets wherever he wanted to yeah i'm sure he could yeah i remember basically hearing that he became a guy that you know i remember you i heard you talking about economy of words with Mm. uh, Derek, and uh you know that was a guy, that's one of the people they point to as being, s- you know, super economical with his words, oh especially yeah. later on. His setups were so quick. Yeah. <laughs> Atu gave me some feedback talking about timing of a joke, and yeah. he said, "Think of it this way: think of how the doorbell sounds, ding dong, like your premise should literally be ding, and then the punch, dong. Yeah, it should right. hit pretty quick thereafter." Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm I'm not there that yet. And and plus, I don't mind for now meandering a little bit <laughs> with my well. Story. And you tell stories. I have stories, right? And yeah, because uh, yeah. I remember when I took the comedy class a couple years ago. The the thing they said about story. Uh, somebody said, "Oh, they basically, you know, write out their stories and then they double space them and like between each line they add a joke or th- they see if they can add a joke to just." Make it even funnier. I mean, I, I think like the, the sound of that. Yeah, I think the funny guy when it comes. To, I mean, I Mike Birbiglia just. Oh, I've watched one of his specials. Oh, just yeah. one. Just oh one. my god, yeah, I yeah. used to. That he was on XM all the time. Oh, and okay. You know, it's sort of like you're getting a whole story. I mean, every time you're getting a whole story of his life. And I remember I'd hear these stories about him and Abby, him and Abby, and then finally <laughs> I heard him 
when him and Abby broke up, and I'm like, uh. what? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I can listen to <laughs> re-listen to any more him and Abby stories now that I know oh they no. broke out up, especially because you know he, be, you know. Basic. So Abby was his woman, or Abby was his yeah. So okay. if you listen to a lot of the th- or the stuff they play on XM from okay. him, Abby was his you know old girlfriend. But of course, when I'm listening to them, yeah, I don't know that she's his old girlfriend. And then he has this one oh. one uh, thing where he's basically talking about how he basically screwed up oh. big time, and you know that's how they they fell out. So. Got uh, it. Yeah, but I mean that he, sh- I forget how many shows he did in Berkeley uh, a few years ago, but he's just amazing when it comes okay. to telling a story and adding things that are funny in the middle of it, and all, you know, as he goes along and yeah, yeah, he's yeah. So I would definitely, you know, if you're a storyteller, I think he's definitely one of the people to. Okay, I got to check it at. out. Yeah, I know Jim Jeffries is mostly uh, stories too. I oh, like okay. his stories too, but see hi- the thing with me, my stories are like when you talk about a guy like Jim Jeffries, he's done a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, I've done some crazy stuff, but most of my storytelling is around the family and the goofy stuff that happens within the family dynamic. Yeah, and it seems like I can only go so far with that. So I've been, I think I've been writing a lot more jokey joke type. But you know, that's stuff. the stuff that worked for uh, what's his name, the Everybody Loves Raymond guy. Oh, Ray Romano. Ray Romano. I mean, you oh, know. Oh, he's funny. His yeah. last special had me cracking up. Yeah. And it was mostly, yeah, it was mostly stories. It I was mostly stories about his uh, kids or yeah. wife or whatever. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm really bad. I have not watched many specials at all. <laughs> it's a very, very low count. I don't uh, think it's bad. Yeah. So. If anything, I would say it's good. Because yeah. you're not necessarily getting outside influence. Um. I kind of stopped for a while there um, just because it was I was feeling like I was having a little bit of a, con- a consumption overload yeah. with specials and podcasts. So I stopped pretty much all contact. I um, even Instagram, I that two weeks I took off around the holidays. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't doing anything. I didn't podcast. I didn't listen to podcasts. I, I watched movies with my family, but I didn't um, – I wasn't even on Instagram or Facebook. I was just totally – and it felt so good (laughs) and so i've been really trying like um i'm happy i pulled up my instagram before you got here because i was happy to see that uh joe begley went viral with one of his um bits so i was happy i saw that but for the most part i um i'm trying to not even open my social media oh okay anymore because i realized i'm kind of wasting time i got a lot of stuff i want to get to yeah, and then looking through and hearting different things and liking different things is a little bit time consuming. Yeah, it's uh, aspe- it's and same with watching specials. So it, oh. it's all together. Like I'm trying to just if my family wants to watch something, I'll watch it with them, whatever yeah. it may be. But myself, uh, I'm other than right now, I'm working on uh, one program, The Expanse on Amazon, the science fiction, which I love science fiction. So I'm probably going to keep watching that. But most of my media, I'm trying to just like. Oh, <laughs> don't watch it because it takes so much time and it yeah. diverts your attention and your focus. And yeah, so now I'm just uh, kind of avoiding the watching it. But I, I do want to go back and I, I think there are a number of specials that I want to go back and watch or that have come out since I stopped watching that I, I probably want to check out. 
Um, but uh, that's fine. I can do that later. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I, there's so many TV shows and so many specials that I have not seen that people talk about all the time, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, I just know the bare bones idea behind them. Like, now everybody's talking about The Witcher. And my oh, kids right. were watching The Witcher or, you know, one of over the uh, the holidays, and it's okay. like, oh, that does not look like my type of show. Mm. Uh, I know. I I'm trying to remember. I think it was Faco. Faco was saying he doesn't like horror movies. Yeah, I don't like horror movies either. I yeah, I yeah. um I'm not into them anymore. Yeah, no, I never was. And uh, in fact, I remember one time I was on the East Coast and uh, near Boston, staying with a family, and they said, "Oh, you can stay up late if you want and watch whatever you want on TV." So I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah. great." So I start. I'm like, "I'll finally watch Friday the 13th." Oh. Well, <laughs> well, the theme song came on, and I'm like, nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> and the next thing I knew, I was throwing up in the toilet. And it oh, no. It turned out we'd gone to dinner, and I got food poisoning. Oh but I thought no. I was freaking out from the uh – That is a horrible <laughs> association. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember Friday the 13th. I remember watching it as a kid. I must have been kindergarten or first grade, and I wanted my dad to watch it with me. And I said, Dad – can you come down and, and watch this with me? Because he was upstairs and I was downstairs. I'm like, but I want to. I really want to watch this. And he goes, okay, I'll be down there. And I just watched it, and he never came down. And I remember I w- as the credits were rolling, I didn't even want to leave the couch. <laughs> I was just sitting there going, ah. But then from that point on, I kind of really liked horror movies. And I think it was because uh, my buddies also liked horror movies. Like, it was a oh. thing we did when we would have, you know, sleepovers or hang out at each other's house. We would watch all the... And the 80s was just great for these horror slasher movies. Yeah. So there was always, it seems like, you know, every few months there would be some new yeah. rental that we could get our hands on and watch the horror movies. Um, but, yeah, once I had kids, pff, game over. I don't want to watch that kind of stuff. But, see, so talking about Witcher, it's interesting because um, I got hooked into Game of Thrones. Oh, Okay. And pretty much after season one or two, I didn't want to keep watching it, but my wife was really into it, and she's like, I want to see where this goes. So we watched it through the end. Every season, I go, ah, I don't want to watch this anymore. This is too much. I I can't. I also can't take the torture scenes. Oh, it's it's brutal. Yeah. It is brutal. Some of the most sick and twisted stuff you could ever imagine was played out in Game of Thrones. Yeah. I I, I didn't like, I didn't even like it in, um, uh, which one of the James Bond, the first one where uh, the new guy was in it. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, the Casino Royale when he's uh, in, like, the yeah. shipping container and those okay. guys. It's like, what? Why, when did this become part of James <laughs> Bond? Get You know, I, I don't want this. I, you yeah. Know. I forget the exact scene. I know I've watched Casino Royale, but I'm I'm sure it was, yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like it. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't want to watch it. It's rough. Yeah. It's rough. And and so, with Game of Thrones, my sister had said, "Well, Witcher supposedly was Netflix's answer to Game of Thrones." But my sister watched it. She was a Game of Thrones fan, and she watched Witcher. And she goes, "I couldn't. It was just something about it. She didn't like it, so she didn't watch too many episodes." Yeah, my son was playing the video game. I think that's why it's popular because oh. people really like the video game. He was playing the video game, and there's like one of the uh, first scenes is they comes upon somebody that's been killed or something and he's got all his guts are like yeah out and you're like uh right <laughs> you really yeah so everyone that was not me it's just different it's different than when well i mean i think even me and you have a little generational gap but it was it's just 
things get more and more extreme. Uh, yeah, they always have on. to top everything, right? And oh. even even comedy, when you think about it, stuff that was said in the 80s that you thought was, ooh, that was risque, by today's standards, it's tame. Yeah. It was romper yeah. room type stuff, you know? <laughs> it was really kind of uh, oh yeah bland compared to what's being thrown around now. Right, yeah. Yeah, like when you hear the Lenny Bruce stuff, you're like, oh, this is what bothered people. Yeah. I mean, I have trouble understanding Lenny Bruce, that whole beat. Yeah. generation way of speaking just you know i'm like i don't understand what he's saying he has other ones where i think it's easier to understand but that so i have a confession to make i don't watch much lenny bruce stuff for the same thing i've probably watched in my entire life i've probably watched or listened or watched a grand total of maybe 15 minutes of lenny bruce so I've i can't even comment on him yeah i've really only listened to it on xm okay. when, it, when they'll play it yeah. So on Ep XM, what do you listen to? Is it a comedy ch channel? Uh, there's like three or four. There's there's okay. a bunch of comedy channels. So there's okay. uh, there's one that's has the word greatest in it. That's the one I generally listen to. But if there's somebody on there that I don't want to listen to, mm. then I'll go to one. Of there's like the uh, uh, which one? Jeff the Foxworthy and okay. Larry the Cable Guy channel and like some kind yeah, of red redneck special. You know, it's not. I know it sounds like it's a redneck special, but it's it, you know, it's just more country. Or yeah, it's hard to say, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to use the word redneck. Okay. But, um, I mean, they that's what they're implying, but they yeah. all have a lot of people that are definitely not redneck. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, my wife had Siri for a little bit on one of her vehicles when she first got it. Is Siri the same as XM or no? I don't think so. Yeah. No, X no, oh, you're serious. Serious. Ser no, yeah, Sirius and XM are now one's company. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I basically have news, comedy channels, and um, uh, music. Those are the main things I listen to on XM. Yeah. What What do you? What are the main things that spark your imagination with joke writing? Uh, you know. Uh, other pe listening to other people, not necessarily to, you know, not taking their jokes, but like it'll just spark ideas. Or even like, you know, I have one joke that's uh, uh, about a parking lot feeling like an orgy, and that that came from my uncle saying something to my cousin, and me just saying, "Oh, that'd be funny if, yeah, you know." How would I, uh, uh, there was something funny sounding about yeah, the way yeah. he said it, and it just, you know, hit hit someplace, and so then I had to come up with a setup for it so that I could use okay. that line. Um, yeah, a lot of times things just, you know, pop into your head, um, um, and I don't know how I am about the self-filtering. They say, oh, you got to take off your self-filter, but I feel like I still have... A lot of the self filter, but what does that, that mean? Like a self critic, or a yeah, the self critic, or oh. this, the oh, I don't know if people will like that, or worrying about oh. how people react to something. Yeah, so yeah. So I've tried. I mean, you know, like I have a new one that I'm gonna try tonight, and we'll see. <laughs> it's one where you're like, I could get some booze on this one. Oh, <laughs> so we'll controversial. See. I don't think it's con I don't think anything I say is that controversial, but you know, some people could take it the wrong way. Everyone finds a reason to take offense. Yeah, welcome, welcome to the, the yeah. present. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always something where, you know, it yeah. could be as benign or uh, innocuous as you yeah. can. Yeah. Oh, and then um, 
you know, someone somewhere will have hurt feelings yeah. about it. So a lot of times, but I don't think we we should as a comic. I don't think we should think about those people. It sounds rude, but I think you should be writing either for yourself or people you relate to. Yeah, that's that would be. I think that would be my um, uh, way of coping with the self critic. Yeah, um, I try to. I definitely have a lot of moments of self hate. Um, but when it comes to just writing ideas down, I'll write anything down and I'll s- put, I'll say anything on stage that I've written down. Um, obviously, I have my override or my governor that won't let me say. There's certain things I just won't say. Yeah. Uh, right. Obviously, and there's certain dark areas. But I mean, I'm working on, I'm working on a cannibalism joke right <laughs> now that I hope is lighthearted and silly. I think yeah. But uh, yeah, there's almost I'll, I'll throw pretty much anything out there and I try um so I read a book and so many comics have read this book that it feels cliche bringing it up because I've heard it brought up in um podcasts before and I know I talk with it with other comics but called how how to write funny oh who was that one by the guy who started onion oh I forget okay. his name all right um I have not know. read it yeah I, I I there's mean, a lot I haven't read no it's a good book but I wouldn't it's I wouldn't say ultimately. I think if you're a stand-up, you got to do things the way you want to do them, um, right? And you yeah. can't necessarily follow someone else's roadmap because he's had great success as a writer, but ultimately he's had success doing things the way he knows how to do things, and that may not work for you. Uh, so it is Scott. Ah, come on, what just happened? Come on, Kindle. Um, Scott Dickers. So he talks about this. Editor and clown. Uh-huh. And every comedic writer, and I'm sure comedic performer, has in their brain the editor and the clown. Uh-huh. And the clown will write anything down and play with anything and try to be goofy with anything. Right. But the editor says, that's not funny. Or says, well, that won't be funny because of this, that, and the other. And so he says, initially when you're tackling any kind of writing, mm-hmm. you really need to just be clown. Oh, okay. And that means anything you think is silly, just start writing it. And then later on, you can go back with an editor mind and go, well, why was I thinking that? That's dumb. Yeah. Why did, why did you? And or maybe, oh, that's almost there, but it needs to do a little turn here, a little twist there. So he advocates when you initially start working on a piece, it should just be all clown, set the critic aside, um, and definitely don't think about you know a potential audience member who might yeah. be offended. I'm trying to remember. I heard somebody – Quoting Hemingway, maybe? I don't remember. I, I heard this on somebody else's podcast, and it was something like, you know, uh, write drunk, edit sober. Something oh, like that. Oh, interesting. <laughs> not that I am advocating. Yeah, we're, not condoning, <laughs> we're not condoning excessive <laughs> drinking. Or <laughs> any other any other stimulants or depressants. <laughs> to all the millions of uh, aspiring writers <laughs> listening yeah. to this right now, we are not advocating drunkenness. Uh, but no, that actually makes sense. So there's another writer, Stephen Pressfield, and I've read a couple of his books around the artistic process, at least his opinion on it. One is the um, War of Art, uh-huh. and the other is uh, Going Pro. Oh, okay. And uh, he talks extensively about um, ar- the artistic process and also drug abuse. And how the addict and the artist a lot of times are one and the same in the sense that um, 
you know, that drunkenness or whatever kind of drug you want, you're trying to kind of destroy ego. That's why you say, oh, I got smashed or I was hammered because it's like you want your sense of self just gone. And so he was saying, this is his opinion anyway, he's saying that the artist and the addict, they're kind of always moving to and fro, right? Being extremely creative, but then also being kind of self-destructive too, to some extent. And, um, yeah, so I am sure there are a number. I think Jack London was a little bit of a drinker. Oh, I'm sure a lot Hemingway of Hemingway was a drinker. Uh, I don't know about Dickinson. No idea. No idea on that guy. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the greats. Oh, and then, of co- course, the Russian writers like uh, Tolsky and Tolstoy. Tolstoy, and I'm trying to f- remember some of these other names. But you know Tolstoy. they were drunk. <laughs> 100% you cannot be a Russian uh, writer sober <laughs> like that just wouldn't happen right yeah so yeah. yeah there's probably a lot of truth to that yeah probably i think that you know one of the um one of the interesting things is at work uh we had this uh they hired this guy and he did all these funny uh paintings or whatever you want pieces of art and they okay. were funny and so they interviewed him okay and they were asking him you know what you know, uh, about your process and how people employ you and all this stuff. And he said, without a doubt, the hardest thing is when somebody just says, oh, you come up with whatever you want to do. And he's like, uh, that's really hard. (laughs) He's like, it's just so much easier when you pick a topic or you pick some aspect. And so I think that sometimes can help me. Like I'm doing this, ro- you know, this ultimate roasting championship that oh our yeah, yeah. Turo's doing, and it's it's interesting how having it be, you know, one there's a deadline, mm-hmm. uh, and two uh, there's a specific person, yep. and and just that really helps drive you to to try and and coming up with. By the with way, ideas. congratulations. <laughs> you won yours, right? Uh, I won one. Okay. I've lost two or three. I don't remember. Oh, okay. I'm hoping. Oh, wow. I'm you've done a number of them then. I've done, I'm trying to remember. I think I've done three now. Okay. That sounds right. And I'm doing another one this uh, Thursday at, uh, I want to say Ireland 32 or something like Does that sound right? I it's up know. in the city. Okay. I don't uh, know the city well. 8.30 on Thursday. Since okay. You know. Just an early plug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, plug everything you got. So. Okay, so you're kind of becoming an experienced roaster then. Uh, I'm I'm early. I'm still considered. Uh, you're such a nice guy. I just can't imagine mean things. So how mean do you go? Um, you know, so I. Like, would you go if someone had a, like a dead mother? Would you s- say something about no, no, no? Okay. I don't. So think you so. have boundaries when you write roast jokes. I think so. I don't think I've ever knowingly gone against somebody that, uh, yeah, has a real tragedy that you're trying to pull. Yeah, out. I would not. Yeah, like if I knew something like that about the person, I would okay, stay away. You know, stay yeah, away yeah, or yeah, something yeah. like that. No, it's uh, usually just looking for some aspect of about them, um, physical looks. I try Maybe not, to, you know, given my size and yeah. uh, weight issues over my entire life, I yeah. tr- do not uh, okay. do the, I try and avoid anything to do with uh, physical appearance. A lot of, I've noticed a lot of people do the, 
you look like if yeah. so and so yeah, yeah, yeah. and so and so got Fucked together and had and a those, child. And those do very well. <laughs> those yeah, those yeah. do very well, but I I'm not good at those. Yeah. And so I tend to to uh tend to stay away from those. I try and, you know, yeah, like I do something with their, you know, tr- try and do something with their name or something oh, like okay. that or yeah, nothing, t- nothing super yeah, yeah. vicious. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's just everybody has a different style. But the you look like some uh, yeah. somebody, and then I um, in general enjoy. So I don't know if you've have you been to one of these things. I haven't. Oh, okay. Yeah, I want to finish hearing your take on everything, and then I'll tell you my take or where I'm at with the whole thing because so I've been given opportunities, and I I'm going to participate. Anyway, finish your story. Um. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, when I was growing up, it was pretty typical to make fun of people. Yes. And and then uh then I had a few relatives uh that or uh that would say, you know, it's not really that great to make fun of people. And so I tried to go move away from that. And so it is does feel a little funny to be doing okay. the roasting thing because you're making fun of people, but I'm not trying to do it in a vicious uh vicious type of way so i feel better about myself that way um but you know um yeah like my dad when i was growing up my dad would say or my mom would say oh your dad loves people watching well people watching meant watching people from your car and making fun of them right oh yeah i mean that's all it was (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) he was saying look at this dude he yeah. looks like a pit bull and a <laughs> yeah. frosting, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, frozen yogurt fucked and had a baby. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. So, yeah, so it feels a little weird uh, to go. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, but, you know, it's funny. I've watched the a uh, few people do the honey roast thing. So what's the honey roast? The I've honey been, roast yeah, is when you, you have to generate laughs by... Like over complimenting the person, practically, okay. you know. All right. And it's you'd have to go watch like one of Cor- Coral did it, and ja- uh, Coral and Jackie Pearl uh, did one. Okay. That was f- yeah. So you just but get really corny with your compliments. I think that was the basic idea, but okay. yeah, it's it's a it's a it's definitely it's it's funny because it sounds better, but it I think it's tougher. I think it's tougher to get laughs. I think that would be impossible to get laughs. They got some laughs. I mean, really? you know, yeah, they were able to get laughs. Uh, okay. Um, so it was sort of impressive to watch. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see Coral excelling at something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also, uh, oh, and the, the I guess what I was going to say, the format is that you uh, have a joke and you, uh, about the other person, you say it, then they have a chance to rebut. And the rebuttal, some people are just going to do off the, off the cuff, sure. which is usually what I try and do. Okay. And other people may have stuff pre ready to go. That's probably the smarter way. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but it, that's also fun, right? Because you're, you're trying to come up with things, you know, just yeah. off, the, off the top of your head. No, I think it's a great exercise. I think with me, um, I have spent a lifetime trying to suppress the potential mean things I could say to people <laughs> and about people. That to just say, okay, now you can do it. And I don't know how, it might be one of those things where I won't feel good, the stuff that comes out of my mouth, you know? Yeah. And so that's why I've been kind of like, I don't know if I'm at the point in stand-up where I want to go do roasts. 
Um, I know it's mic time. I know it's joke writing time. All are things I need more of. But do I want to... Because I could see myself being really, really mean and going after every little thing just to be as outrageous as possible. But I don't know if I want to do that. But then if I don't do that, am I being honest in the writing process? And I, I don't know, man. I'm sure I'm overthinking it. But I did. I was chatting with... Um, I was chatting with... Uh, shoot, I'm forgetting um, his name. Jericho? Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's trying to put together... Uh, a roast at Off the Hook on a Tuesday night. Right. So I said, yeah, yeah, I'll... I'll well, that's also part of the URC thing. Oh, yeah. is it? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I don't know who I'm going to go up against. I mean, maybe it'll be you. I don't know. Um, but uh, uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, Jericho does really well. You know, it does well. at. I, you know, I had the dual worry. One was, what would I say about the people? Mm. But the other major worry was, how would I deal with what they said about me? How so was it? Uh, not you know, it's. Did you make it out to be worse in your head than it was? In oh your yeah, life? definitely. Okay. Definitely. Uh, you know, at least with the people that are in it, you know. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. Because I don't think, you know, in the end, people are trying to make jokes. They're not trying to make people laugh at some feature of you or some aspect of you. Yeah. They're trying to make a joke related to, you know, that somehow. Yeah associated with you a little sure. bit but mostly they're going for for you know the joke or or the you know trying to come up with some witty thing to say about you yeah at least hopefully that's what they're doing yeah yeah it's it's just not balls to the wall insults right hopefully there's a little bit of craftiness there's a little bit of just teasing and playfulness about it yeah they're and definitely it's not a uh, ruthless like and that's where i don't know how to Anyway, I, I'm I, I would suggest this. you go watch one. Yeah, I should you know, do that. You should watch one or two, and there, yeah. are, there are the videos are on, on YouTube, so you can watch some of them. Oh, is there a, like. is there a channel for? Um, I don't, I don't know or if he has a channel, but he definitely has some of the roast battles uh, up there. Artu maybe Arturo's channel. Maybe yeah, the Streetlight. Okay. It's either I think it. It's so confusing, right? Because there's Arturo, then there's Streetlight Entertainment, which is his overall, you know, thing, and then there's yeah. the URC, which is a part know, of that, right? Is okay. a part of that, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I gotta watch some of them. I've certainly watched the Comedy Central ones. Yeah, I would watch these just to get a better sense of okay. what what goes on in them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because the Comedy Central ones are pretty ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I wouldn't call these ruthless. Okay. I, I don't think you would call them ruthless. Okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, I'll find out. I'll, uh, like anything, just jump into it. Yeah, Whatever that's pretty happens, much, happens. yeah. Yeah, it took me a little while to decide that, okay, I'll do it. You know, and it was, yeah. So. so how does it go? So you've been in multiple rounds. So you won a round. Did you advance to a different, is it bracketed and everything? All or right, is it so I'm in the exhibition level, okay. which means I'm starting. Okay. And you basically have to win two okay. to move from exhibition up to um, – you have to win two to move into up Into the bracket. Into the bracket. Okay. Right, right. So, like, uh, my third one, uh, they had identified one person I was supposed to go against, and then it turned out that he may or may not be able to do it, so I had to be ready for the other person, and the uh. other tr person – Turned out to be Clay Newman. Okay. <laughs> so that was <laughs> a lot more difficult, you know. 
Yeah. He's been doing this for a while. Uh, I actually that was the second one he won. I mean, he's been doing the comedy for a long time, and he's very funny. Probably a lot longer. How long? I don't. I gotta get him on the podcast. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Gotta reach out to the guy. He's very funny. Yeah, Yeah, very funny. Very nice guy. Oh, I've seen him perform a few times, two or three times. Yeah, I've seen him at Roosters. I think I'm trying to remember if I've seen him anyplace else, but I've seen him at Roosters. Yeah, very nice, very funny. Cool. Yeah. And so that wasn't the one you won. No, the one I won, I think, was uh, Brian Crow, and I did it. Um, okay. Oh, he's it, good too. Yeah, he's another really funny guy. Yeah, yeah. No, Brian Crow and I uh, did wow, it. Wow, and he's been doing comedy for a while, also. I think. I think so. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's good. So, well, that was one win. I've <laughs> now I've just got to work on the yeah, second yeah, one yeah. so I can get into the bracket and then lose those. So we'll see how that yeah. goes. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. now I'm kind of excited after talking it through with you i think i'm i'm looking forward to it yeah and uh, you know it's they don't last that long you know it's yeah not a, yeah it's, it's and fun. if it's at off the hook there's no excuse not to do it i mean that's no right, right it's next really to my house. yeah because i was having to go over to union city and then yeah when i did play that was up in oakland okay so so they have multiple venues bouncing he's working on mu- yeah so it's that's it's smart. centered in union city okay. and then um he decided to try and move, put it in other venues as well. So, like, they just did, uh, I think that was in Walnut Creek, and now okay. this Thursday they're doing it up in San Francisco, and then February 25th, I think they're doing it down at uh, Off the Hook. Okay. So it's going. Yeah, Arturo is a busy guy. Yeah. He's doing a lot of different stuff. Yep. So how about you? How are your? Are you going to showcases now? Are you getting booked more? Uh, I feel like I'm getting booked more. Okay. Um. And, yeah, it's definitely been ups and downs. And there was a period of time where I sort of had to back off for a little okay. while. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, reaching out to people. And I finally, you know, um, yeah, so I feel like it's go- I'm getting booked a little more nice. often. So nice. Uh, we shall see. But, yeah. Any yeah. tips that you've had over the last few years that you think have really helped you push you past certain levels or get better? Um, let's see. I know, well, in the beginning it was like, oh, you're, you're not giving the audience a time. It was basically slow down. Okay. Give the audience time to think about what you've said, uh, you know, about the punchline of just basically give the audience time to think and react. Yeah. Uh, because you're, you're rushing them. And when you rush them, then they, you know, they're so intent on listening to the next joke to see if they can figure that one out or understand it. Right. Um, so it was the a CPU lot of needs to catch up. Yeah. So it was to the I/O. <laughs> yeah. It was slow down, loosen yeah. up. Okay. I think it does make a huge difference to lo- you know to be looser. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think there's some other stuff that just seems to develop like you don't even have a sense of it. You just get more comfortable being up there in I'm front s- of people. Yeah. I'm uh, so happy I'm part of this process, part of this, part of this. Um, community because i see it i see it in guys like you i've seen it in my um buddy derek demai in jacob i see things happening where i can't put my finger on why do i maybe maybe it's as simple as i'm i'm better friends with you guys now but there's something about it where i see you guys on stage i go this guy is more entertaining now than a year ago when uh, i watched him but i don't know why yeah i know and i think that's why and i think that's why comedy is one of those things where they say you know, you're gonna. It's gonna take you a solid decade to get proficient at it. If 
yeah. where you're comfortable in most settings. But even that, I don't, uh, I don't think that's going to happen because I was, um, I was very fortunate. I had um, Mark Normand on the podcast. Oh yeah, I listened to that one. Yeah. You listened to that one, yeah. and he's been doing it. I think 13, 14 years. Yeah, and he says it's still every time he gets up, it could go one way or the other. Yeah, <laughs> which is hard to believe when you you're a nationally touring. Guy, right, opening I mean, for Seinfeld. He's been on all the late night shows. No, he's he's one where you know I said I had XM, and you know yeah. you can just keep pushing the station buttons. Okay, and he's one of those where I stop. You know, I just yeah, oh, yeah. it's Mark Norman, so I'll stop and listen yeah, to yeah. this, or you know, it's Jim Gaffigan, and I'll stop and listen to this. Yeah, you know, and he's he's definitely one of those. I you know stop. I was sorry I didn't get to see him. I that would have been great. Yeah. So so I even after thirteen years, I guess this is something where you can never you can't relax. Yeah, right. Yeah, you still there's no the routine fire. traffic stops <laughs> in comedy. I know. Unless I, I would imagine, I think Seinfeld, he must know how to handle every situation by now because he's been doing it since the late 70s. He's the guy who's, you know, been touring, been working, takes it very seriously, writes every day. I would imagine a guy like him probably walks into any room. It's like, I can own this. Maybe. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. and he's got, you know, all his old, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Because you hear about the people that, you know, they'll, they can figure out where they should go with an audience or something. Yeah. Like, oh, I wish I was like that. I know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that would be I'm trying to think of something else. It'll come to me at some yeah, point. Yeah, it'll come yeah. to you. What's what is what keeps you coming back? Um cuz this is I hard, right? We got wi- we got wives, we got kids, we got a career. It's like yeah, you said, this is I feel This is very inconvenient doing what we're doing. <laughs> Oh, my God, it's really <laughs> inconvenient for me because I'm a morning person. Yeah, me too. I'm a morning person. If it were up to me, I'd wake up at 5.30 every day. Yeah. But I'm going out some nights until 1. Yeah. Going so to open mics. So, and I'm still, my alarm is still set for 7. Mm-hmm. And I try and definitely, you know, be in the office by 8. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, oh, you know what I was going to say in terms yeah, of, if it. I can go yeah, back yeah, yeah. to a little bit to the learning stuff. Oh, yeah. I don't know about you, but it's one of these things where, I keep wanting to ask somebody, okay, well, what aspect do I need to work on, you okay. know, to get up to the next level? And I and then I stop myself and I'm like, oh, it doesn't really feel like it works that yeah. way in in um, in comedy or something like that. I don't I know. I you know. Yeah, I don't think so. That was this. That was the point of this podcast is that I would just be talking to everyone and hopefully be able to put together document some kind of process or roadmap. Yeah. But more and more, I think it's it's just like, are you going up regularly? Yeah. Are you oh. riding regularly? <laughs> okay, then maybe someday you'll figure it out. Maybe I won't. In fact, that's going to be the biggest joke. So I, I started this Project 10 where I'm going to just kind of check in every week about my progress in comedy, like where I've gone, what I've been, how am I feeling about it. And I call it Project 10 because I want to do it for 10 years. Um. Well, at first I wanted to do 10 questions for for 10 years, but then the questions things got a little weird. It felt like why yeah. am I que- why am I Q&Aing myself over and over? So now it's just going to be like a check-in. The biggest joke will be if after 10 years I still suck. <laughs> then I, I say, <laughs> "Well, guys, I so it's been nice. Yeah. I've invested 10 years of my life going out, pissed off my wife and children countless times. My children are now in college, and I suck at comedy." Nice knowing you. <laughs> and then I'll just stop doing it and I'll go back to RC or whatever. Maybe I'll get get a, a career, a decent career. Who well, you knows? You can do the podcasting still. 
Oh, I love podcasting. Oh, podcasting well. is I'm I'm ride or die podcast. I'm going to podcast till the day I die. I love podcasting. Yeah, no, you've been Yeah, no, it's great to listen to the show and everything. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. definitely keep up with podcast. I'm going to probably keep up with comedy too, but I just think it would be hilarious if you invest that much time and that much energy. And it's <laughs> like cuz I'm sure there's comics who have done it for 10 years and never got funny, right? There must uh, be. I yeah, I don't know. I who knows? I have to so I yeah, but I mean, there's, you know, they'd probably still be just like us going to open mics all the time, right? Yeah. But just not getting not booked getting or booked. maybe getting booked on a friend's show or something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, who knows? Yeah, but there's <laughs> no, but I don't trust anyone who will say, actually, so let me ask you that question. That's another good question is uh, you took a, you took a comedy class. What did I that took look a like? comedy class. How, how was that structured? And then what, ha how, how did you, did it help? Oh my God! So uh, the comic's name is Jesse Fernandez. Okay. Uh, I, you could only wish that all classes were taught as well as his class. Wow. He had it was uh, eight sessions. Each one was two hours. Okay. He had a ridiculous amount of notes about all the aspects. You know. Yeah. Dealing with hecklers, dealing with this and that. Um, it's one of those where I feel like I need to go reread them. Yeah. Because there was so much information. I don't feel like. I, I think I'm always guilty of not paying enough attention or enough not taking enough to heart yeah. about what the person's teaching you. But he was incredibly generous with his time as yeah. well. Um, because, you know, instead of just being like, oh, and hey, as a last class thing, let's go to an open mic, uh, yeah. you know, at the end of. No, it wasn't like that. He was like, it was so it was an eight week class, but like the third or fourth week, he's going, "Hey, does everybody want to meet at an open mic over here?" Nice. So like the first place I went was for Scotty. Okay. And uh, you know, we were just watching. Okay. We just watched the people, and so now when people say, "Oh, what's the, you know, what do you recommend?" and it's like, "Oh, you go to a few open mics, you say yeah. I can be funnier than at least two of those people, yeah, and then write your stuff, yeah. and then you know, go do it, and." Because everybody, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. Yeah. Everybody applauds for them at the end because yeah. everybody's impressed that you're willing to get up in front of these yeah. complete strangers and make a fool of yourself. Right. Um, you know, so. But yeah, it was. And then at the end, there was of this class, there was like a final show and everybody okay. had their five minutes. And so sort of you were working on your five minutes, but you're, um, you know, he did both stuff about telling stories how to okay. tell stories that's where i heard this thing about the i'm gonna try that spacing yeah the I'm double spacing it. yeah um and yeah so i just can't speak highly enough of jesse okay yeah he was awesome he's a bay area guy or bay area comedy okay. yeah yeah so he's you know does the punchline um he also was doing uh aj plus it's uh okay um they were doing web it was a web series oh nice thing. Uh, it was a lot of it was a political based one. Okay. And in fact, they got the show ended, and then they got asked to come back. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. So okay. Oh, great, great guy. So that yeah. was a very good way to start your comedy. It was excellent. Endeavor. Yeah, you know, it's always funny because I always hear these seasoned comedians laugh at the idea of going to a s you yeah. know the classes for this stuff. Right. But, you know, uh, it really, it was really helpful. You know, to get get a sense of things i think any time um my 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 philosophy on 
going to a class or structured education is it's never a waste of time. Because if anything, at the very minimum, let's say you go to a class and it's like how to soup up carbs. Yeah. And everything that they tell you is kind of either wrong or not really uh, tested or, or whatever. Yeah. Let's just say it's the worst case uh, scenario. You've at least made an effort to say, I'm going to go to something that's structured. I'm going to be paying attention and I'm going to get myself in there. I'm going to roll up my sleeves and try and learn. So I never look at any kind of classes like, oh, that that's a waste of time. Yeah. Um, I think it's always good. And especially, I think the way you described it, if you're someone who has never had a, a moment on stage with just a microphone, it sounds like a very um, helpful way to kick things off. Yeah, it was very. Instead of just, here's the deep end. Yeah. Swim. Yeah. No, you know? it was yeah. How much of the stuff was that he was telling will you even understand after having done comedy two years? Maybe not enough, right? Maybe it's something where after five years you go take his class and go, oh, I know what he was talking about by saying this or that. Right. Um, or maybe it only takes a few months or a few tries. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to go back and look at the notes. And Does he do these regularly? Uh, this was actually through my work, but I think okay. he also teaches them, I believe he sometimes teaches them through the punchline. Okay. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I know Rooster Ro Rooster uh, Tees has a class. Right, and that's taught by, um, why am I blanking on, uh, Heather. Heather teaches the classes. Oh, okay. Yeah, because, you know, she- She owns the club, doesn't she? She owns it, and okay. she used to be a stand-up comic. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, I took the hosting one. I did not take the intro to stand-up one. I think the hosting one is coming up soon. And that was a good, that's a good one to take. So I think I've so. I've thought about taking the second one. So. I have hosted once. Oh, okay. At off the hook. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, man, it was a nightmare. Oh, yeah, that's a very different environment than a nice yeah. together show. No, this was like I was battling this drunk lady most of the night. And there was a drunk guy there, um, and uh, it was just tricky. It was really tricky. Yeah, I watched. I was there one night when Jacob had somebody, and he finally just relented and said, "Oh my God, let's just give this woman." Or I don't remember if it was a woman, but I let's wonder just if it give was the same lady. Let's just give them five minutes, and then at least they'll be done. And yeah, and you know, and I think everybody was understanding of that. I did pretty much the same tactic. Yeah. She was she was harping on me. She was kind of harping on every comic who would go up. The comics were doing good battling her, kind of slapping her down. And she was really drunk, saying obnoxious things. And there was another guy saying obnoxious things, too. And oddly, they, they aren't regulars. I've never seen them there since, unless oh. maybe the one Jacob was battling was the same gal. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, eventually, and she wanted to get up. That was her whole thing. And I said, you haven't put your name down. I'm not putting you up until you – but it, it just got so bad that at some point I go, okay, I'm going to give you three minutes. And then she got up there, and it was so uncomfortable because she could you couldn't hear it. She <laughs> so, you know, a minute and a half goes by. I can't – this is rude because I'm staring at other comics looking at me going, I've, this is, I'm getting bumped for this. <laughs> the good thing is she has no idea how long three minutes is. Well, I, so I told her. I did. I said, all right, time's up. And I kept grabbing my – I haven't got to the joke yet. I go, no, I think that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just grabbed it from her. Yeah, that's I said, fine. oh, no, we're, yeah, no, yeah. we're good. And then that was it. And then the next – and then she was still complaining. And I think at some point in the evening she left. And what was interesting is I think that night that I hosted was the 
It was the latest off that off the hook went since its inception. It's gone longer now, but I think it, I didn't get out of there until after midnight. Oh, that is late. That's very late for off the hook. And yeah. it was just because one of those things where initially I thought, well, we don't have enough comics. So I was letting comics go a little longer and then more and more comics. I go, oh, shit, we got a good crowd tonight. Yeah. And then I went back to pacing it normal. But anyway, the whole point was like it was very stressful, but I needed it. I think um, handling things, you know, uh, Atu and, and Pete and Jacob, they're all handling things for us on a regular basis. And you don't I realize how taxing it is when they're oh handling Oh, yeah. Things. I'm amazed. The idea of host doing the open mic where you have to be there every week is yeah. pretty remarkable. And you yeah. know, I don't think they get enough uh, love from everybody for Dude, doing that. I am so grateful <laughs> yeah. for the open mic scene. Yeah, here. when you realize all that other stuff that you don't have to deal with, all you have to do is contact a guy and say, hey, can I get a That's it. slot? And they're like, sure. And then you just show up and he's like, oh. Do you know yeah. in every, all the major markets, L.A., New York, I guess that's it, maybe Chicago, you have to pay to get mic time? I don't think it's every mic, but I think I know there's a lot of mics. I did I when I I went to New York for one night. Okay. And I I know that there was it was so funny. There was one where it was like, you know, you paid $5 and then they drew your names out of a bucket just to determine the order. Everybody okay. that paid got up. I <laughs> the the last place I went to was a comic book store. Oh, that's kind of cool. And you had to buy a comic book in this particular bin for a dollar. And then you could perform. And okay. so basically, after I bought it for a buck, I put it back. Because I didn't really want the comic book. Yeah. But I guess, I don't know. And and you're only performing to comedians at that point, right? I I I, I think I understand why they d do that. Because if you think about it, if I'm just some schmuck without a business license or anything, and I walk into another bar or whatever, and I say, hey, I want to do an open mic, but I'm going to charge everyone who talks $5. You're technically running a business. Yeah. And if you do that every week for 52 weeks, I don't know the math on that. But that's a significant chunk of change. So what happens when the IRS comes, okay, we got your normal W-2s and that, but uh, why, do you, why, do you, why have you been depositing however many thousands? Like, whereas at least in the comic book store, they can say, well, I'm running a business. In the co it's yeah, that's and true. And I sold something, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I actually get that because that's the one thing I've been thinking when I hear this uh, – when I hear other comics tell me about, oh, yeah, you got to pay for a mic here or there. And I go, well, who's that money going to? And is it all – it's not above the – obviously, it's all yeah. under the table stuff. Oh, you know, the other thing, though, I will say that they were into, for the most part, was you sticking around. You know, the, the I thing respect we do that. Yeah. The thing we do here where we leave. Bounce, go to the other mics. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That, was, uh, that was frowned upon there. Mostly because most of the audience you – know, the only audience they really had was other comics. It was a Monday night, so I don't know if that was a... I have only performed in San Francisco once, and it was at Edinburgh. Oh, I've never... haven't been there. And the audience was so sweet. Really? I cannot say enough because it was all comics, mm -hmm. and they were all listening. Wow. And I even made a... The first thing I said is I go, hey, this is so nice, guys. Everyone's paying attention and looking. I go, I'm from the South Bay. <laughs> When we go up, all the other comics are looking at the same, fuck you, get off stage. <laughs> 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 and you guys are paying attention. They're laughing at each other. I thought it was the sweetest thing. Yeah, we try and pay attention down in the South Bay. We uh, well, I'm not talking about you. I'm, this is a whole, this is hundreds of people. Like, when you go into Caravan, come on. 
People uh, are not listening. Woodhams, maybe a little bit. Lily, Lily Max is fairly it's civilized. And again, yeah. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying the scene is like you get up there and everyone's having their conversations, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, it, even if it's not other comics, it's it's noisy. Uh, so yeah, I just thought it was really, I thought it was really nice that everyone there was like sitting. Yeah. You know, paying attention, seeing what's going on. Yeah. Oh, so. I will say it's fu- interesting on like on the the class the f- and I think comedy in general. It's like one of the top questions people always ask is about the dealing with the hecklers. Yeah. It's like I haven't really had to deal with very many. Really? I don't not that many. Have you? Oh, yeah. Would you say one a show? Not one a show, but last week alone um uh, at Swinging Door there was a guy jumping my punchline. So when I when someone tries to jump my punchlines, that's a heckler to me. So if yeah. I'm setting a thing up, like you, you heard me, oh, I'm working on this thing about self-help. Mm-hmm. When the first thing that comes out of my, hey, I've been reading a lot of self-help books, and someone yells something like, they don't help you. Like, yes, that's my whole premise. If you would have given me three more sentences, I would have got around to that. <laughs> so that's a heckle to me, right? That Yes. Um, uh, I will. So, so I how did you respond to the person? Oh, Ed, it was, it was dreadful. I didn't know what to say. I tr- I sh- I tried shooting back with a few things, but my mind was not working, and I was pausing because he was doing it for other things I was saying. So it was it was probably one of the worst sets I've ever had um, since doing comedy, where I literally was just standing there. Ten seconds would go by, and I go, I don't know what to say, so I just jumped into another bit. Yeah, and he was heckling everyone. Uh, he was kind of an asshole. He, no, he was a big asshole. And um, yeah, and Jacob even told me because I was going to with Jacob and and Faco Jacobs. Jacob said, like, oh, wow, you didn't, you were up there just standing in silence for a long time. He goes, I've never seen you stand silent for so long. I go, I couldn't, I didn't know what to say. I was stumped. <laughs> and then I other times I've gone really obnoxious with hecklers. Uh, you know, obviously Tom at Woodham's has gotten me a few times. And then um, at, uh, what's this called? Um, yeah, I've been heckled at every venue except for Scotty. I've never been heckled. I've never been heckled in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the normal ones I go to uh, in the South Bay, I've been heckled at least once, sometimes okay. multiple times. Yeah. Uh, uh, I did take uh, the – there was uh, Joe Klosik. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. Okay. Joe Klosik. He's been doing comedy for a long time. In fact, he's okay. – but he – in fact, he uh, has a show he does where it's all, like, uh, riffing-based, you know, where they oh just okay. – you know, sort of like um, – like Ruben's show, okay, a, l- a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's uh, so he taught a class up at uh, the Punchline that I went to. On oh, okay. Sunday, and it was about riffing, but it was also, you know, and in some ways, that was also about uh, hecklers and how to do. And okay. Heckler. I mean, in the end, there are some hecklers where the, the establishment has to, yeah, get rid of them. I, I, um, but there's others where you know. I I think because I've seen two things, right? I've seen the people that. You know, go on the attack, yeah, on on the heckler, and then I've seen the ones that sort of try and engage them and things like that. So it's sort of up to each comic what they. If I had a preference, I would rather just plow through my material and ignore them. Oh, ignoring, the, yeah, I've done the ignoring thing that worked. And more often, I ignore. Yeah, but I definitely have stopped and then just acknowledged what was going on 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 multiple occasions. And I don't know if it was funny or not. I, I've gotten some laughs sometimes, just stopping and then dealing with it. And then a couple times I've been very ruthless where I just say really fucked up things and uh, it stops. <laughs> 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 it's 
stuff. I, I think the hard part is if you say something or, or if you there's I've seen it where and I've I've experienced it once where it actually got bigger laughs than my normal material yeah. gets. Me too. And so suddenly you're like how do I go back to the low energy my normal yeah. material from from this, you know, but That's you know, you thing just we got to learn. Yeah, you just, you know. Yeah, so it was a real it was a it was interesting to hear his take on it. And okay. a lot of the um I would say definitely part of the thing uh message what that I got from it was you know, do more things in terms of improv to to sort yeah, of get yeah. your mind in that mode where you're better able to say stuff back without thinking too hard about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. see the funny in everything. Yeah. Yeah, his philosophy was there are no interruptions. That okay. Was, at least that's what he said. Yeah. So, um, no, yeah, I think as much as we don't want to make it part of what it is we're trying to do, it is a part of what we're trying to do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people always – I don't know what it is – I think when you get up there with just a microphone, people assume they can be part of the conversation. But and it is a conversation, right? Com- comedy is a conversation. I think with yourself. Uh, no, it's with the audience, right? You're you're in charge of the conversation, but you're you're basically like you know you're delivering words, and they're responding with laughter, or they're responding with oh okay. clapping. Sure, right? in that it's sense, a, yeah, but they aren't. I would never expect, in an ideal world, mm-hmm. unless I went out and broke the wall and started talking with someone, I would never want an audience to just start talking with me. I don't know. Sometimes uninvited. Uh, uninvited? Yeah. Well, someday you may find... Yeah, you know, it's hard. To I think that there's, uh, there's definitely different levels of hecklers. Yeah. There's some that, you know, are just you know, fun, and once they've been acknowledged, will shut up, and, you know, but then, you know, there's obviously the super obnoxious one that is just, yeah, (laughs) just in your craw, and, you know, I think when it feels like they're ripping off the entire audience is when it should go, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) right, when it's like, hey, all these other people paid money to see this show, you know, you don't get to monopolize it, yeah, I I was actually in the original room at the comedy store um, a couple months back, and even there, the people came in and you're told you're told you don't heckle, don't speak up. Comics are here to perform, this that and the other. And in one night, I saw there's probably three different audience members get kicked out because they just wouldn't shut up. They thought they could keep talking to the comics. Oh. And some of the comics were handling them, but then eventually it got to a point where, um, and you know, it was late. <laughs> it was yeah. pro- it was it was a Sunday night, and it was um, I didn't even go in until eleven. Wow! And so it was probably you know twelve one a- one a.m. something like that. I think they shut down at two, and so admittedly, all the people heckling were really drunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so at that point, people just you know they don't know how to act right. Right. Wh- yeah. Whatever the scenario, if you go if they go to a Denny's, they would probably be obnoxious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just talking. I go, you're you're in the comedy store. You were told, you know, not to heckle these. These comics are like, uh, again and again, every comic coming up was like shooting you down or trying to roast you or something. Like, why are you still talking until eventually they got kicked because out? Because they enjoy the attention, probably. Oh <laughs> man, yeah. 
Yeah. So uh, I, I, the stage I'm at, I definitely, I shouldn't be saying this on a podcast <laughs> because if anyone were to listen, they could come into any one of my open mics and really mess me up. But I don't want any interaction with the audience. I mean, conversation with the audience. Oh, really? Unless okay. I go out and say, oh, so what are you guys doing? But I see, that's not my, I don't want to be that guy. Okay. I don't want to be the guy who says, oh, where do you work? Yeah. I just, it doesn't, I, I have jokes I want to tell. Isn't I it funny, though? Here you are having a conversation on a podcast, loving it. Yes. But when you're up on stage, you have no desire no, to have a conversation. No desire. At all with anybody yeah. in the audience. But a lot of that is because we talked about the staying loose. Yeah. It's not a loose place for me yet. It's a fun place. Yeah. It's an exciting place, but it's a place where I want to say some things that I thought about. Oh, okay. And yeah. I've written stuff down, and I want to play this out however I wrote it down. I want to see how it plays out, right? Uh-huh. So the second someone comes in and starts talking to me or, ju- uh, you know, the, the biggest is just jumping the punchline. Like, yes, okay, you, you saw where this <laughs> was going. Okay, good for you. You saw where this was going, but can I get there the way I wanted to get there? <laughs> so I had that happen last Tuesday night Okay, at a show down in um, – at Jason Cruz's show okay. down at 88 Keys. I had okay. – I was telling some – know joke and a guy basically you know figured out yeah the final punchline and i'm so glad i didn't say anything nasty or anything like that to the person because it turned out he owned the 88 keys oh <laughs> wow you know but he wasn't it wasn't yeah. you know it was i think it was a natural thing to think of that and you know it's you know you can't be upset about that it was just eh, you can't you can't yeah. Not not at a not in a setting like that. I don't think you can in dive bars. I think in dive bars in showcases you really can't. I think in a comedy club, when you go in there, uh, there's kind of a agreement that you're going in to listen to what people have to say, and so you shouldn't be chiming in. Yeah, on their jokes. Right, not unless they're yeah. No, I I get that. Yeah, unless it's a crowd work scenario. Yeah. Right, right. But even then, I've s- I've said this before on the podcast where I've I paid for tickets for touring con- good comics. Yeah. And they spend a lot of time doing crowd work. Right. And I'm in the audience going, uh, I, p- I paid for tickets here. Can you tell us some jokes? <laughs> like I don't, oh, care. So I don't care what the guy, guy in the front row does for a living. Like yeah. I, I think it's great you're trying to do crowd work and interact with us, but I kind of want to know what your act is, you know. But – well, were you laughing at what he was saying or uh, the interaction? No. Okay. Well, then that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was more about that that it wasn't funny, not that it wasn't his material. That's true. So there, you know, Russell Peterson. Russell Peters. Peters. Sorry, yeah. I said Peters. Yeah. Russell Peters. I would like to watch his crowd work. Because in every special, he's made a point to do crowd work, and it seems like he's really funny off the cuff. Yeah. Uh. So I wouldn't mind that, but all the comics I saw, I kind of wanted to see their act rather than their crowd work. Oh, okay. Uh, I saw Russell Peters. He did like an hour and forty-five minutes, I think. It's uh, just straight, no, no break or anything like that. It yeah, was impressive. And it probably went by quick too, in your mind, right? It, it did. I, you know, I have to admit though that I'm somebody that gets tired after an hour mm. and a half of watching a comedy show you know yeah i mean i've heard about people going three hours and it's like oh man i remember 
way back when going to Bruce Springsteen's concert. Yeah. Going, Is this thing going to end? <laughs> <laughs> Daddy got to go night night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've seen what I wanted to see. <laughs> yeah. Let's put a bow on this. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. So I think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Robin Williams, you would definitely go to see him oh, yeah. sometimes interacting with the crowd or coming yeah. up with things spontaneously, right? Yeah, that and was I his thing. Yeah, so I think there's some people where their spontaneity is is part of the thing. Worthwhile. Things. Yeah. And, uh, That's a good attitude. Yeah. I need to keep that attitude next time something I think like that it, but, but, yeah, it's if you're watching the guy I and you're I not I laughing yeah. and it goes on for, like, I mean, like, the funniest person I ever saw live was Paula Poundstone. Okay. That woman was, I was a big fan of hers. Hilarious. And yeah. it was all, and it was just, it felt like off the cuff, and she was just totally, you know, seeing things and making, uh, I was dying. How does a person like that fall off the map? Um, I think she had so some personal talented. issues. Personal issues? And she it just knocked her out of show business? Because she's not around, right? Uh, she's back. Oh, she's is back. she? Yeah, well uh, in fact, she had a New Year's Eve show somewhere in the Bay Area. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah so good for her. No, uh, she was very. She made an impression on me. I used to. She is incredibly laugh at her funny. Stuff a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and she's back on. She's also on PBS. The wait, wait, don't tell me. I believe. I think she's. Oh, okay. On there once in a while. Nice. So yeah, very funny person. Cool. Well, hey, speaking of going an hour and thirty minutes or an hour for me, we're coming up on an hour twenty. You want to keep going, or you want to? I'm wrap fine it up with our, However, if you want to wrap it up, we can wrap it up. If you want to keep going, we can keep going. Okay. Uh, whatever, um, whatever you would like. I tell you what, let's do this. Let's wrap it. This this iteration. All right. Let's That's wrap right. it. This because way I, I I'm going to do back. some nighttime stuff with the kids, get everyone tucked in, and then I'm going to head over to. You're going to Woodham's first. Yes, I'm okay. yeah, because you were going to go there, too. I'm right? going to go. I never know if that thing starts at 8, 8.30, or 9. I told them a spot around 9-ish, okay. so it's almost 8. All right. Um, yeah. So if it starts at 8.30 or something, you're up pretty early over there. Uh, right? I think I asked for around 6, but who okay. knows what spot I'll get. Okay, I don't know. right on. So before we wrap it up, do you got anything you want to plug? And uh, I do want to plug. Yes. I am doing the uh, – I think it's the first – preliminary round of roosters contest on february 19th nice so uh i know th i'm sure there's other people that listen to this podcast yes probably on that same night but uh I good luck to us all good luck but to all of you i wish i got in i sent an email you know what i need to follow up because my email i sent in early december and i never i didn't get anything back so i i assume i'm not in um yeah if you don't have a date you should oh. you should and you checked your spam folder and everything like that? Oh, I should go do that. You never know. Yeah. Never know. I should go do that. No, I haven't, but I've never had a problem getting emails from them. From Heather. From Heather in the past. Yeah. They've always ended up in my inbox. So it could be where I'm I'm thinking I sent it. Maybe I didn't. I, I really need to follow up on this because I would love to get into that competition. Yeah. So February 19th, you'll be there. February 19th. I believe that's the first, okay. first round of the preliminaries. That's so. a big deal. Yeah, fun yeah. Nights. Hopefully, I uh, man. Last year, I drew the first spot of the night. You certainly it, did, and it uh, just tweaked my head. And yeah, so. And guess which smuck had the last spot? <laughs> it was you, this right? guy. <laughs> I almost didn't get on. Oh, I heard. I about almost that. didn't get on. I heard about that. Yeah. I I wa I checked in. Matthew McCarran said, yeah. "Okay, here you are, and we're gonna jumble them." And then uh, Mexi King came over to me. 
um, probably with 10 minutes to go before we were going to kick off. He says, hey, uh, I know you said you were on the list, but I, I didn't see you. I oh. said, yeah. And actually, no, at that time, I even knew I was going last because I said, oh, yeah, I got number 18 or 19 or whatever. Oh, because you drew it out of the bucket. Yep. Yeah. And then he goes, well, I don't see you on the list. And then I went and I talked to one of the guys and he's kind of, you know, he's kind of copping an attitude with me. And I go, well, is there any way we can fix it? Because he kind of was like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> so am I out? Oh, okay. Like, what, what's going on? And then someone fixed it. And I got up, but what I realized is going up as a 19th comic yeah. <laughs> on a comedy competition night is the crowd is done. Yeah, it's they exhausting to done. watch. Uh, it's, ex it's exhausting. It's too much comedy, too disjointed. Um, I don't know if it's too, too disjointed. But I, I don't know, but I could see, I was looking out at an audience and I go, oh, these people are rolling their eyes and tired. Like with the, I just pick it up and you can see like people are like, Jeez, another one! I w uh, when I wasn't in the competition, I would do it where I basically just had the whole list of the people and would like, you know, s sort of like oh, the first person I gave the letter M, you know, because it was in the middle, and then I would just s try and keep track of the people that way. Because otherwise, it's really hard. Yeah, get to keep track of how you know who you like better than somebody else. Oh, and right, and all that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Tricky, yeah. So um, we'll see. Okay, you know, in the end, I mean, I saw an uh, excellent comic from the uh, from the valley not make it through the preliminary round, and it's like, how did you not make it? Because I I saw the show, and I'm like, yeah, you know, he was one of the best. Yeah, he didn't make it, and you're like, how did you not get into the top five? So showbiz, <laughs> I guess so. But he's very funny. Yeah. Very funny. So, uh, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Well, all right. So you're going to do family things and then. Uh, yeah. Let me do that. Let me uh, shut down the household here. All right. I'll bounce over to Woodham's. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I love yeah. listening to the show. Yeah. And I uh, hope everybody, you know, more people start listening. And You were probably the top ten guests I had. Uh. Meaning, meaning within the first ten. Oh, yeah, right, right. You were probably three or four in my I truck. Yeah, I think I was like the fifth, if I remember. Yeah. Because I think I was supposed to do a one, but I couldn't do it. I don't remember exactly, but yeah. 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 So this is actually way too long gap between. I know we had, did we have a short podcast or something? I know that I've been, uh, I've like came out of Woodham's once and you guys were doing an outside one and I yeah, we were said one or two things like, you know, but uh, yeah, this was too long. We need to do it more often actually. Yeah, that I'd love it. Now love that it. I have the new studio. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the <laughs> the 70 show. I, that's probably like a trademark <laughs> violation. The second I said, yeah, this looks like that 70 show probably somewhere on the internet. They're like, Shut this guy down. <laughs> he can't mention that 70s yeah. show. I can't remember. There used to be some show where the introduction was from beautiful downtown Burbank. Oh. It might have been The Tonight Show. I don't remember. There were, yeah. there were so many, you know, shows yeah. produced down in that area that, right. sure, you know, the studio in beautiful downtown yeah. Burbank. Yeah. That's, that almost sounds like The Price is Right it opening. Uh, no, because The Price is Right was at CBS Studios. Uh, I used to have a, right. my mom's aunt. Okay. Actually, it didn't live that far from the CBS studios. So oh, okay. I, you know, I know where that is. And nice. It's not Burbank. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right on, my friend. So we'll go ahead and wrap this up. All right. It was very good. I appreciate right. you coming on, and I will see you in a little bit. Sounds great.